0: Bum, bum, bum. I don't have anything fancy, so I made that with my mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to the Walkin' HTX podcast. Number 13 is now the worst time to move to Houston, Texas. I don't know. We're going to talk about it. And I just bought my own personal residence right now, so I can give you true stories of what it's been like Um you know, are we in a recession? What's the market doing? What was it like buying a house? All of those things. Um, and also, just general, hey, what it's like moving, living here. I actually got um, a couple of questions from you guys. So, thank you so much. Uh, HTX podcast at realagentnow.com. That email is down in the show notes. But shoot me your questions um, about moving here. Now I wanted to touch on this one today because it was a question that we actually got from one of our listeners, uh, Brad. Brad sent in and just talked about, hey, you know I've been hearing all this talk about you know the recession and, and you know Houston expensive and all this stuff like what is it just a terrible time? And so I want to really talk about that. And then I have a few more questions stacked up. But I would love for this podcast to turn 100% into your questions. I am your eyes, ears, boots to the ground here, so I can answer those questions. Um, And so today, I wanna just kinda talk, I've done this a few times already, and you guys have been enjoying it, but as I'm recording this, it is the middle of August. There has been nothing but talk about recession, housing crashes, market crashes, and as we are yes as an economy definitely heading into some sort of recession Um, personally you know just buying houses and and knowing obviously people here and helping hundreds of clients like the house prices are still going up but we're gonna talk about what that means for you but also I want to just touch on Houston um, in general people you know I'm I'm 38. I just turned 38. I'm old whippersnapper now. Oh old, old. But the crazy thing and the only reason I talk about that is because, you know, and even a lot of my friends back in Idaho and still kind of just on this thought process that this housing market's going to crash again. Another 08 is coming. It's inevitable. And when it does, I'm gobbling up everything. Or it's gonna crash so bad everybody's gonna lose their the, the equity in their homes and it's crazy to think about because I used to think that too until I got into real estate and it's not because I'm a real estate agent that I have a changed mindset. It's because I finally looked into some data and some and analyzed things but being in my mid to, now I gotta say upper 30s, damn it. Oh, I'm so old. Being at that age, I was right smack dab in the middle of 08, when I was in my, you know, late teen years, um, you know, early twenties, right? So, I saw, and I came from a small town. So I am from North Idaho. There's no jobs, no economy, and when that hit, basically, me and all my friends had to move because there was no jobs, and that's one thing that I just want to talk about. Is that, you know, sometimes when we move from areas where there's not a lot of economy, not a lot of corporate structure, and it's really built around like service industries. And what we saw, honestly, during the COVID uh, and the mass relocation during COVID, people were going to these remote areas because they can work from home. So, one, it's more affordable. Two, they can work from home and they can stretch that budget. And three, they're getting like their space. So, there was a huge movement for that. as well as, you know, a massive movement to just, you know, Houston in general or Texas or the Sunbelt. You know, people starting to realize I wanna to move to where it's warm. That's you know what I did. So in a way, you know, with, with predatory lending and faulty lending and, and people with no jobs buying massive houses and they were on adjustable rate mortgages, once they lost their job or didn't even have it and then that that loan doubled in value, it just it created a spiral. Now, that predatory lending and that stuff is not here anymore. But I do want to just talk about something completely different. In about 2009, not about, I'm pretty precise. It was 2009. (laughs) I don't need to, like, fake it. No, it was 2009. I was working, um, trying to get into uh, a career of line work. So, not as a lineman for a football team, but a lineman that works on power lines. There were 727 kids and adults who were trying out to get basically two jobs, and you had to go through six months. So I did it, and I was actually one of the 25 selected, worked uh, six months, in that six months period, about 13 of those guys got laid off. It was now down to about eight of us total. We went through a two-week tryout. I took third place, dang it, and they hired two people. That's how many jobs were in my town. So I could have stuck around for another year and just, there went my keys. And it was just decimated. All my friends either, like, you know, most of them had to move out of town and a lot of them went to North Dakota to go work the oil fields and I ended up coming down here to Texas. I was working down here because I applied basically all around the country for a groundman job, per se, and, um, because it was the field that I was in. Houston called me within, like, 24 hours they said when can you get here and I was like what there's jo- like that's crazy so I went down for an interview <laughs> this is like my best story it shocked me and I am from small town Idaho which is now big it blew up everybody wanted to move there but when I was a kid it was tiny it's redneck it's logging mining I come to Texas I sit down for an interview in a public nice building and sit in front of two cowboys with 10 gallon hats cowboy hats cowboy boots, and they're sparking heaters. They're smoking right in front of me. This is 2009. And I remember going home and being like, dude, it is like behind times here. (laughs) And uh, so I'm working. They're like, yeah, we'll hire you. Great. We need you. They, They could not get enough help. And I came here to Houston at the very, very, very end. In fact, it was December of 2009. And I had actually, before I moved here wanted to do one last Thanksgiving with family and my wife's family, so we went to Montana. Her family has a massive ranch in in Montana, and no, they're not wealthy. This is like real Montana, not the Yellowstone Ranch like you see on TV now. So small town, 200 people, Montana. It was negative 40 degrees. I came here to work, and in December, I remember it was like 91 degrees, which usually doesn't get that hot, but you'll have days. And I had this like 130 degree temp change, and I ended up getting sick as a dog. Crazy story. But I worked here for just over two years, got my lineman, my uh, journeyman lineman ticket, and I could have worked seven days a week every single week. There was so much work down here, so many people moving. And so during these like times of recession and people pulling back, a lot of people come. To Houston or these more affordable cities a it's more affordable but B there's so much work here and the population spike in just the two and a half years I was here was crazy and there was so much work so I'm not saying it's a hundred percent recession proof but I am telling you right now if you are fearful of it I worked during the 08 crash when everything was collapsing and it was like nothing happened here there was so much business so much work um, and, and so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about first and foremost so if you're moving here family all this I get it I've done it too and I am doing it and now we move back for the second time um, because just purely choice just wanted to live back in Texas um, so we just bought a house um, sold our house and bought these interest rates have completely spiked and then as of the last few weeks they fell back down into like the four percent we're not seeing the market really pick up in a sense to where yes we have so many clients moving here and buying houses yes but overall what we're seeing and what i saw was when those rates hiked you know my payment ended up going up a, a couple hundred dollars more a month but the house was listed ninety thousand dollars more than what we paid for it sat on the market for like three weeks which in in these markets it's like what the hell's wrong with it that? that's what i was even thinking nothing it just all the buyers were so scared that they pulled out and the interest rate hiking a little bit actually um, caused a lot of the buyers to to not be able to afford some certain levels of homes too and so it was just this awkward period where really it was free reign we went and shopped homes now we've helped 200 clients move relocate here and buy houses and Joe my business partner definitely spearheads the real estate team He's an absolute bulldog. I mean, what he did for me and my houses and stuff, and he's just so good at real estate. And he was like predicting all this stuff. And right now, you know, talking with him a lot, and obviously we work together side by side. um, You know, he's just constantly talking about like, man, our clients are just eating this. Like they, yes, some of the interest rates have gone up, but man, we're getting inspections done, appraisals done. Like this is weird. For the last two years, you waived inspections, you waived. Uh, appraisals so you went $100,000 $150,000 above asking you didn't get an inspection you waived the appraisal gap meaning if it only appraised for 500 and you paid 650 you got to cover that additional $150,000 to get to the loan like it's crazy and people were doing it but that burns up to a couple years of your equity can be tough so right now yes interest rates have risen a little bit but I'm telling you there's really no better time and I know some investors too um, who are buying a lot of just single-family homes they're putting three to four times the amount of homes into escrow right now because there's just no competition so what that's telling me is yes the housing market is still increasing probably won't grow at the rates it did the last two years but we don't want that that's unhealthy for the market but an average growth year over year of equity but there's just way less buyers right now so um, you know, and even as this, this matures and people are listening to this in the future, it's all just current affair and we're really hoping that we don't see what we saw the last two years of just, crea- like just massive pandemonium in the market and 80 offers on properties. We enjoy seeing this slowdown. So, um, not saying the recession and, and all the interest rates and all that, but for, for the real estate industry, for interest rates to go up, they're just trying to put this halt on the market and it did that in our clients right now and myself personally, um, you know, we really benefited from that. And there's a statement going around right now, it's kind of funny, but they say, marry the house, not the rate. Interest rates are always inevitably going to move around. They're gonna go up, they're gonna go down. This happened actually, I was looking at some charts and data and talking with a lender, and he showed me, look at what happened. This happened in 2017, 18, 19, so a big spike up to like 6%, 7%, and then back down, To like four, and it was incredible. And then we saw it obviously go down to threes and twos. I don't know if that'll happen again, but this is pretty normal when you look at the history of like kind of spikes to slow down housing markets and they'll drop those rates. So I'm thinking in two, three years, I'll probably just refinance, get that lower rate. I got in at like 5.375%, and I know it got up into the sixes for a while, and now it's like fours, but um, you know, it may get down into the fours here in a couple years or 3% again. Great. I'll just refinance then. I'm gonna have all of that equity. My PMI, my personal mortgage insurance will be dropped off. And I'm gonna save hundreds of dollars a month when my house appreciated. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. And then people go, what if it doesn't go down? Well, exactly. If it never goes down, then I'm in the lowest rate. So I'm kind of in this area of not too terrible of a loan, I can afford it and if it goes down great if not if it goes up hey i'm feeling pretty good about right where i'm at then so you never know when the perfect time is for you but you know these questions are coming up by a lot of people and i just like to give the honest opinion there's never a perfect time it's always you know something that it's the biggest purchase decision but at the same time you know just know that um what's being put out there can steer you in a way very negatively that may be benefiting somebody some party something but in the actual real estate world um, we're still seeing massive appreciation especially in the Houston market we're still seeing um, you know really popular areas and nice homes getting multiple offers but even so it's not like 80 anymore it's just a couple Um, and then a lot of areas even just really nice really great areas you know coming in at asking or below sometimes. The one thing about, you know, like I talk about Joe, the dude's just, he's so smart, knows everything about real estate, he's just so good. And when he sells clients' houses too, now, see the past two years, you could literally put any price tag you wanted on it, way too high, whatever, and and you'd get so many offers, it didn't matter, now you can't do that. So there's a lot of agents who, I mean, I'm talking tens of thousands of agents who got into business in the last two years, and that's all they know. So they're getting their butts handed right now when they list a house because they're listing it way too high and it's sitting. And then that's allowing our clients to come in too. And Joe knows, he does the uh, comparative market analysis and he can run through this with you and show you comps of exactly what that house should be going for. That way, you're not overpaying for it. And if somebody bids way above you, you just set a budget to say, you know what? If someone spends one more dollar than I'm gonna put on this house, then that house is not worth it to me. I will find another one that, that is. So. That's kind of the way we set it up. But now, if they're way overpricing these things, then they sit for a week, two weeks, three weeks, then you have all the leverage. And a guy like Joe goes in there and he just dominates the deal and gets closing costs maybe, covers your closing costs maybe negotiated in. There's some cool things that he can do um, <clears throat> to help with that. So I just wanted to have a general talk and conversation. This is all I do, I just, I'm just i spitting it real from somebody who's not born and raised in Texas, so I, I do a lot of just what it's like living here and then also um, you know we are the number one relocation team my whole pride and everything when I moved here there was no videos no help and I just wanted to make that so I do dozens and dozens and dozens of videos about what these areas look like go look at our channel living in Houston Texas there's a few other ones now that have kind of copied what I've done but we are the big ones you can see uh, my face and Joe on there we show you so now you can go into these communities I take you around and show you exactly what's in them and then we built these systems that help you move here. I mean, it's crazy from showing homes to, uh, you know, there's over 28 conversations that happen during the home buying process. We take care of all that, Joe and his team especially. And uh, the only way we can help you, though, is you have to reach out. My email is down below, htxpodcast at realagentnow.com. Shoot me an email with your questions or, hey, we're moving there thinking of buying a house. Even if it's a year down the road, we love planning that out too. So, Make sure you shoot us that email so we can help you. And I love your freaking questions, guys. Thank you so much. And until the next Walkin' HTX podcast, we'll catch you later.